Now, I'd like to turn things over to Nick Zitzen, the Chief Strategy Officer at ServiceNow. Please welcome Nick. Appreciate that. Morning, everybody. Welcome. I, uh, I note that this week is actually St. Patrick's Day, and I did not wear a green tie. I apologize. I actually live in Ireland now. I flew in from Dublin last night to be here with you this morning. So I feel like that sort of gives me my, uh, my St. Patrick's Day bona fides. I love the Irish sense of humor. For those of you who've never been, they have a way of saying things that Americans, Canadians, Brits would never get away with. Steve mentioned that his suit doesn't fit. I actually went to get this suit adjusted at a prominent Dublin tailor. And he was measuring me with the old school tape. And he says, you got to relax. You got to let it loose. You're holding tighter than a camel's ass in a sandstorm. <laughs> I don't have any idea where that reference comes from, but they have a great sense of humor. Uh, maybe just to get a feel for who we have, um, show of hands. Number of years in service, military or federal, 10 or more, show of hands. Okay, that's a pretty good representation. 15 or more, keep them up. 20 or more. 25 or more. Wow. 30? Wow. I think that deserves a round of applause. Thank you for your service. And then I know we have uh, many active duty uh, military. We also have a number of people who are veterans of the armed forces. Show of hands, active duty or veterans in the room. Impressive, thank you for your service. I'm gonna ask my colleague Herb Thompson to stand over her. Herb, stand up and wave. So you heard Bill in his opening remarks mention our Skill Bridge program. Herb is one of the leaders of that program. He is also building for service now our veterans community worldwide, and I know he would benefit from any ideas or suggestions you have. So if you see Herb in the hallway, please do introduce yourself and uh, retired uh, former armed services. Herb, thank you for your service. So look, it's a serious time. I'm not breaking news to any of you. There's a lot going on in the world. You can't watch any broadcast, read any newspaper, do anything without confronting every single day how serious the business of government and national security really is. But it's also Monday morning, and so we can admit that not everything has to be so much gravity. We can occasionally laugh about what we all know are the realities of being in this line of work. I was a former Fed. I can remember in my early days working for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, they called me one day and they said, the secretary's traveling assistant is getting married. Would you want to accompany him on a trip to Mexico? And I said, yes. Who doesn't want to be right next to a member of the president's cabinet? And it was a miserable, highly complex logistical exercise. And we were getting ready to leave. And I went back to his hotel in New Mexico on the way back to DC to get his suitcases. And he said, don't forget that basket. And you know how event organizers put nice things in your room? Well, they put like an eight foot long basket with a bunch of junk in it. And he's like, I want that basket. So I'm lugging this thing through the airport in Phoenix. And I'm thinking to myself, it's 25 pounds. They must have put nine different kinds of jam in there. 
and I just got to get to the airplane. I just want to get to the airplane. I was sweating like a pig. And then Senator Ted Kennedy comes walking from the opposite direction. And Tommy Thompson and Ted Kennedy meeting in an airport, 25 minutes later, it was just painful. So we finally get to the plane. I throw the thing in the overhead bin in the 30th row. I come all the way back against the oncoming passengers. I sit down, and the secretary turns to me and he said, get me a cookie from that basket. <laughs> I was going to get him something else is what I was going to do. But look, those are the realities. We can have some fun with it. It's occasionally uh, an interesting experience that we'll have great stories to tell. So look. Um, You've dedicated all this time to us today. Um, it's not lost on me that President Carter has entered hospice. Um, what a life, what a career in leadership, both uh, leading up to his service in the presidency and afterwards. And I love the quote, progress if we persevere through difficult challenges, and that's really the day-to-day -day life in public service. It's challenges. And for whatever we face, Whatever the obstacles we know we have, it is by any measure a moment of unprecedented opportunity. And I can remember when I was in federal service, every vendor who came in to talk to me told me it was a moment of unprecedented opportunity. But I actually believe this really is one. Because we know that the spirit and the appetite to innovate has always been there. Does anybody remember OMB Circular A76? How's that for a government initiative? Um, Competitive sourcing, if you don't remember it. Basically, the, the government would be allowed to cut off some work and compete it not only to the private sector, but allow a team of government employees called the most efficient organization to compete against private industry. I was at the Justice Department when we ran one of those. And aside from the morale crisis, from everybody assuming that there would be a riff, it actually produced some of the most interesting, innovative, creative work I've ever seen in my entire professional career, private sector or public sector, because the MEO team, the group of federal employees that we allowed to propose, all constraints were removed. They were allowed to think freely about how to make the work of government work better, and they won that bid by a mile. I'm not suggesting we reintroduce it. I'm simply suggesting to you that the spirit to do it has always been there, and now finally, we have a moment where the technology has caught up. So if we can put the innovative spirit that we know exists in government, in the military, together with the most innovative, mature technologies that the market has seen in our lifetimes, then we have got an amazing opportunity in front of us, indeed, to make tremendous progress, as President Carter has said. So let me frame up some conversations that you're going to have today as you meet with people from our team and from our partners. If you read this from the bottom up, let's forget for a second that it's a ServiceNow slide. Admittedly hard to do at a ServiceNow event. We know at the very bottom that every agency is dealing with an inherently diverse and heterogeneous systems landscape. Blah. You got a lot of stuff. We know you have a lot of stuff. A lot of it was decided on before you were in your job. A lot of it was invested in for years and years and years. And you can't just rip it out. So if you level up one level, you need a platform that actually can simplify and make better use of all of those different systems and data sources that you have. If you level up, we know that you want and need a better way to actually implement 
a platform like this, a way that allows you to have best practices and to track the return on investment. You level up to creator. We know that public service is a unique set of challenges. You need a way to configure that platform. You need a way to build on it that's really easy and intuitive. And if you go a level up, you need a way to buy out-of-the-box, best-in-class solutions that you know will actually solve the problems, all highly tailored to the unique challenges of the public sector. So yes, this is a ServiceNow architecture slide, but this is exactly why we believe so strongly in our opportunity to partner with you, because we think the way that ServiceNow has been built from the ground up is highly empathetic and correlates very well to the operational and technological realities that we know you face. So again, as you're looking for ways to make this real, I'm just gonna give you three questions, because I love questions. I hate answers, because answers pretend like it's one size fits all, but questions open the aperture. It allows all of us to have conversations and to make these things real for our own challenges. So here's three you can take back. Let's start with this one. What does great look like? And at this very event last year, I was with the Defense Commissary Agency, uh, some really impressive, amazing leaders. And we started our meeting and we were talking about very granular, very specific technological issues. And it's all important, and the issues that we were discussing were meaningful. But then at some point, maybe five minutes into the conversation, somebody changed the tune. And they said, who's the best retailer in the world? What's the best retail experience in the world? And we started talking about, oh, is it Amazon? Because you can get anything shipped to your door. Is it Walmart because of the pricing? Is it Target? Is it Whole Foods? What is it, Trader Joe's? We just had an amazing conversation about great retail experiences. And then we changed the tune and we said, okay, if we're serious that we think this is a great retail experience, What's the operational, procedural, technological gap between where the agency is today for its consumers and that standard? And how do we get from where it is to where best in class is and ultimately go beyond it? And when I tell you, the conversation came to life in a different way. People were relating it in their own personal experiences. We were enthusiastic about wanting to make the experience of somebody who comes into a commissary, the greatest experience that they would have in their lives as a consumer, and that was a stimulating exercise. So what does great look like? And it takes all different shapes and sizes. The House of Commons in Canada has decided in a very unique legislative environment, they're gonna rethink all the different processes and they're gonna do it on service now. You go to the UK, his Majesty's government actually has a policy statement that says we need to be less risk averse and not held hostage to legacy processes. Let's digitize the tax system. These are inherently audacious concepts, visionary ideas, and we should always start with those. So that's number one, what does great look like? If we go to the next one, how do we build momentum? What's the problem with thinking big, with dreaming big? Well, for those of us who have served in federal agencies, when we think big, we see 1,200 step plans that will take 30 years to implement. And frankly, that's a tough thing for a lot of us to swallow. I feel you on that. I've lived that life. So how do we build momentum? 
how do we show that we can get quick wins that change the experience for the people that we serve, that make it easier to work as an agency, that make it easier to break down silos, that actually show people progress is possible. I think about the United States Army, among the multitude of logistical challenges, military housing. And the idea that a soldier and their family who are living in military housing would have no way, digitally, to engage with the process of how the maintenance on that house is being upkept. So they built an app. I don't mind saying they built it on ServiceNow. Obviously why I mention it. But the application allows a military family living in military housing to actually digitally report something that's wrong, actually digitally track it to see how it's being serviced. And in so doing, improves their quality of life because they don't have to go to a physical location or sit on the phone waiting for someone to call them back. And it helps the agency by making sure that they have a consistent way to track the work. That may not be transformational in the big picture context, but it does show momentum. It shows that digital transformation can be meaningful. And if you want to go a step further, you can do some of it out of the box as well. So when I think about how do you build momentum, this is the employee portal that ServiceNow delivers right out of the box. Somebody can go in and have a digital home base. You can track all the different services that are available to you. You can get news broadcast by the organization. You can get access to social media content. You can simplify the life of a federal employee just by giving them on their laptop or on their mobile device a digital home base. Again, it is not a heavy lift. It is easy to configure to make it look just like you. Nobody even knows that it's ServiceNow, and it is right out of the box. That shows momentum. Now, finally, of my three questions, what does great look like? How do you show momentum? I think this one has haunted many of us for a career. What do you build? What do you buy? And this is a race without a finish line because the market changes so quickly and the available technologies change so quickly. Some things you just have to build. In this environment, with all the challenges we have, some things you just can't wait for the procurement process to play out. I think about the state of Florida at the state level, responding to hurricanes, Hurricane Ian, a devastating storm. And they knew in Florida that you were not gonna be able to conduct rescue operations, keep all of the various agencies and families in the loop about what was happening as we were trying to extract people from harm's way. So they built an app. They built an app so that everybody could see the status. They were able to reconcile some of the different data sources so that they could use AI and actually understand what the areas were of the highest need. That's a build situation. One of the more complex build situations, but it's a build situation. If you think about USAID on the buy side, they actually are using human resources service delivery that I showed you with that portal. And they're seeing a massive uptick in their employee engagement and employee satisfaction scores. So these are examples where sometimes you get to build, sometimes you want to take advantage of the commercial marketplace. Let me show you something that brings it to life. So this is our App Engine Studio. It's how we help people build applications. It's highly templatized. You can go into it. It helps you walk through the steps on how to build an application. You can name it. 
You can decide which data sources to take advantage of. Sometimes you don't even need to do that. Sometimes the templates are all that people are trying to do. They're just trying to get a basic productivity app built. And this gentleman right here, he can't stand because he's got, um, he's got I'm not going to get into his medical story, that's privacy, but he hurt his foot is the short answer. Uh, Chris Beatty is our chief digital information officer. His team behind that user interface can see what I, as a citizen delegated developer, am proposing to build and deploy. He can decide, his team can decide whether or not I'm allowed to do it. So from a, from a governance standpoint, in terms of preventing the craziness of app building sprawl, they don't lose control of this just because they've invited me into the creative process. So this makes the build conversation not just a conversation for our IT teams and for our professional developers, it makes the build conversation real for any of us who don't happen to be software developers by trade. Now on the buy side, Sometimes it's just too complex. This is ServiceNow service operations. And when you are taking all these inputs from all of these different sources of information, you want to be able to act on issues before they become noticeable issues. So here you see the sophistication of drawing in machine data sources from different data centers, of drawing in human incidents. Everybody's able to look at this in a common view. They're able to diagnose it. They're able to show that they're remediating it and everybody is on the same page. For what ServiceNow has done for the last 10 years, there's no argument in the marketplace that we're best in class. Service operations, modernizing the way we engage with technology, whether it's human or machine, there is no reason to build that. That is a buy conversation and the sophistication of that solution, which you should ask about. I, I could take you through demos for hours, but we don't have that time. So look, Again, in the spirit of wanting your meetings today to be productive, here it is. This is how I think about it. If we can find ways to have conversations together in a spirit of partnership that combine these three things, are we thinking big enough? Are we really starting with great? Are we allowing ourselves to run the risk that somebody might say, hey, in a self-important moment, you're trying to be like a visionary? Yeah, we are because that's what motivates people and that's what gets us fired up. Are we focusing on building that momentum with achievable outcomes? Are we taking the quick wins when they're presented? Are we able to lean in and move fast when we know there's a great outcome we can get? And then whatever you do, whether you build or you buy, are we helping you to do it on a common foundation with a consistent platform architecture that takes into account all the integrations you need, that gives you the closest thing you'll ever get in a lifetime to a common data model, are we helping you to rationalize the build or buy conversation? That's how I think about it. Those are the three. So look, got a great program. Our vice chairman's coming up with a very special guest. I would simply close with how I opened and what you heard from Bill. We don't, um, we don't treat this just like another industry vertical for ServiceNow. Uh, this isn't something we just woke up and decided, oh, to increase our addressable market, we better do more business in government. We were absolutely 100% convicted on making sure that ServiceNow would be highly relevant and responsive to the world you're in. We understand that in this world with so much going on, I mean, again, Washington, the epicenter of world politics, 
Everybody's taught you gotta hate everybody else. Everybody's taught you gotta be so aggressive. Listen, we gotta be about rebuilding public trust and giving every person in this country, in every country, the idea that systems work for their benefit. Systems exist to improve their quality of life. That's why I know, we know together that we're all in this room. That's what we came here to do. So as you go through, put us to the test, as Bill said, make sure we're listening to learn and not just listening to engage on our terms. Really challenge us. That's what we're here to do, that's what we're about. And it's no coincidence that in an environment where so many things are going wrong, we think service can go right. That's why we say that the world works with service now. So I want to thank you for your time. I want to welcome it back, welcome Steve back to the podium and look forward to seeing you today. Thank you very much.